Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Today I want to talk about legacy. And last Sunday after church, someone mentioned that Kobe Bryant had passed away. And I'll be honest, at first I thought maybe it was fake news. Surely there's some mistake. Anyone turning on their radio, checking the headlines, or clicking on the news would soon find out that the reports were all true. Every station was talking about the tragic passing and the helicopter accident that took the lives of nine people including Kobe Bryant and his daughter. I remember getting out of my car to get gas on Sunday. It's my routine after church. I go get gas, fill up for the week, and there was this tangible quiet and sadness in the air. Disbelief, shock, and even remorse. Diehard fans gathered at Staples Center with candles and flowers in memorial of a man considered to be a legend by those who went before him and still those that come after him. Kobe Bryant was a well-decorated athlete, an 18-time All-Star, a two-time NBA Finals MVP, and the 2007-2008 League MVP. As a member of Team USA, he won gold medals at the 2008 and 2012 Summer Olympics. His 81 points against the Toronto Raptors in 2006 is the second highest single game total in NBA history. In his final game in 2016, he scored 60 points against the Utah Jazz, the most of any player in his last contest. In short, he was a superstar. Social media exploded with love and support for Kobe and his surviving family. So many people shared moments or experiences in which Kobe inspired them, took time for them, or was the reason they too felt that they could chase their dreams and become an athlete. And whether you're a basketball fan or not, a Lakers fan or not, everyone felt the loss. One post that I came across on social media said this, to feel affected by a death of someone you don't know is to realize that our reach, our impact, our energy extends beyond the circle we perceive to be our own. A reminder to be careful with your words, to love and accept, share and inspire, live an authentic life. After all, life is fleeting and you are powerful. Kobe Bryant, as we know, died at the young age of 41, but the impact that he had extended beyond the city of Los Angeles, beyond the state of California, and even beyond the United States of America. Kobe Bryant was a global inspiration, and the entire world joined together to mourn his loss. Kobe Bryant is gone, but his legacy will live on for generations to come. Monday morning, I reported to the office, as I always do, and the entire building had this somber atmosphere. Everyone seemed to be walking in a daze, still stunned, still shocked by the news. 
people started thinking about their own mortality. It was a glaring reminder that tomorrow, an hour from now, our next breath isn't promised to us. It was a reminder not to take life for granted, to appreciate every moment. It was a reminder to hold your loved ones a little bit closer, to tell them that you love them before you hang up, before you leave for the day, tell them that you love them. Kobe's passing was a wake-up call. Life is fleeting, and no one knows when their time will run out. As sad as that is to talk about, it's true. We don't know when our time is going to run out. But when people remember Kobe Bryant, they will remember him as a legend because he left a legacy. So I ask you this morning, what's your legacy? How will people remember you when you are gone? Will they remember that you took chances? Will they remember that you dreamed big dreams? Dreams so big that you inspired the people around you to dream big too? Will they remember that you put others before yourself? That you were grateful? That you didn't take life for granted? Will they remember that surely without a doubt you stepped into your calling? That you lived out what you were put on this earth to do? We promised ourselves that we'll start tomorrow, but guess what? Tomorrow is not promised to us. What is that still, small voice whispering for you to do with your life? Are you doing it? Nobody gets to the end of their life proud that they played it safe, proud that they were cautious, glad that they didn't take a chance. No, people regret what they didn't do, what they didn't go after. They wish they would have thrown caution to the wind and gone after what they wanted. Each of us was born with a purpose. And I'll be very honest with you, for years I struggled with that. Because sometimes we look at where we are right now and we, it doesn't maybe add up or it doesn't make sense. I would say surely there's more to life than this. I'll never forget working for Nordstrom, little retail sales associate, and I would end my days with swollen, red, puffy feet from standing all day serving customers. Then I would close up the store, clean up my department, restock the shelves, and I thought, surely I'm made for more than this. But still, I didn't know what my purpose was, what I was called to do. Sometimes our purpose is not clear, maybe not yet. I'll give you some hints though. Your purpose is always going to be bigger than you. Your purpose is going to be unselfish because in whatever you do, you will serve, inspire, educate, and bless those around you. You can start with what you're interested in doing. Take a look at your giftings. I'll use my sister as an example. She's an amazing baker. If I try baking anything, it usually comes out like a hockey puck. I made cupcakes one time that literally the, black, the bottom was black and charred, and I'm like, it's a cupcake. Like it's a, and I, again, she cooks from scratch. I was using a cake mix, and somehow the bottoms of the cupcakes got like charred. So I did what any reasonable American would do. I cut off the bottoms and frosted them anyway. <laughs> and they were delicious, right? Tasted a little smoky, but 
it's all good, right? But she's a phenomenal baker. That's one of my sister's giftings. And anybody that's tasted her delicious treats can attest to that. She has a gift for baking. Take a look at the things that you're drawn to, your skill sets, your talents, your abilities. Those are telltale hints to help you discover your purpose. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I'm going to read two other versions because I like them. Another version of the same passage, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. One more, just because it's Sunday. Another version, same scripture. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. I love that. Don't be shy with the gifts of God. God specially created, hand-selected, and chose each and every one of us. John chapter 15, verse 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I've ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We were created to shine. Philippians 3.14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You were created for a purpose. No matter what, know this. Even if you're not quite sure of your purpose yet, know that you were put on this earth to glorify God in everything that you say and in everything that you do. The last part of Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says, But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Whether or not it's popular, right? If you look at the world, everything is trendy today, out tomorrow, in today, out tomorrow. I don't care what everybody else is doing, whether or not it's popular, whether or not the people around me or my friends are interested, no matter what, as for me and my house, Guess what? We're going to serve the Lord. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. The Bible actually gives promises to those that are obedient to the calling of God on their lives and the commandments that God has asked of us. Deuteronomy 12.28 says, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and that which is right in the sight of God, in, in the sight of the Lord thy God. So it goes well with your children too when you do what's right in the sight of God. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity, 
and his children are blessed after him. Psalm 103:17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear or that respect him and his righteousness unto his children's children. Psalm 78, verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Proverbs 13, 22, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children. I believe that talks about a financial blessing, but I also believe that, that that's talking about a legacy. What kind of spiritual inheritance is your life leaving? To those that come after you. Psalm 112 verses 1 through 3 says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Your household and your children will be blessed when you walk uprightly. The Bible promises us that. Isn't that incredible? The Bible leaves room for you to leave a legacy. On his deathbed, King David encouraged his son Solomon to keep the faith. 1 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go, the way the, I go the way of the earth, be thou strong therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, and his commandments, and his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. So he's encouraging him to stay true to your faith, to, to stay true to the commandments that God has set forth. And, he, and the reason why is he says, so that thou may prosper in all thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word, which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in the truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee a man on the throne of Israel." So King David is reminding his son Saul, if we do what the Lord has asked of us, he will always promote us. There will always be somebody in the seat of kingship in Israel. And just like us, if we follow the commandments of God, if we do what God has asked of us, he will always promote us. Always. King David was highly favored of God, and he left a legacy because he kept the commandments of the Lord and walked in the way of the Lord. And how do we know we, that King David left a legacy? Well, we're still talking about him today, aren't we? When people look at your life, do they see the hand of God? Are you set apart? Does your language glorify God? Do the words that come out of your mouth uplift or do they tear down? Our words are so powerful. They can either curse or they can bring life. What kind of words do you speak? Does your own self-talk glorify God? Sometimes we can be kind to everybody else around us, but when it comes to how we talk to ourselves in our mind, it's not pretty. 
when no one is around and you're speaking to yourself in your mind, are you kind to yourself? If you wouldn't talk to anyone the way that you speak to yourself, then you're not glorifying God with how you talk to yourself. You must love yourself and you must love others. But for some people, it's so easy for them to love other people and it's so hard for them to love themselves. That's not glorifying God. You must also love yourself, be kind to yourself. Negative thoughts, as we all know, can creep in without warning from time to time. But you know what? You need to rebuke those in Jesus' name and send them packing. Our purpose is not to entertain negativity about ourselves or about someone else. Entertaining negative thoughts about yourself isn't going to serve you, and spending too much time thinking negative thoughts about someone else definitely isn't going to serve you either. Right? And then, are we glorifying God in our place of work and in our place of school? Are we trying our best? Are we giving excellence, showing up on time, giving 150% like that you did that first week that you got the job, the first day that you got the job? You guys all know what I'm talking about. We get real comfortable. We do. It's like, should I comb my hair today or not? But boy, that first probationary period, it was like, sir, yes, sir, I'm dressed and ready for, I'm dressing better than the boss and I'm showing up on time and whatever. But here's the deal. Yes, you're working for a company. Yes, you're working for a boss. But ultimately, at the end of the day, God is watching everything that we're up to. And in truth, he's our boss. Because he's the one that really provided that job that we're at, right? And when the last door closed, he provided the job before that. He continues to take care of his people. So really, although my boss is so-and-so down the hall, I'm really working for Jesus. Right? He's watching my work performance. Or even the effort I'm giving at school. (laughs) And I'll tell you guys, I am a hot mess. And I can go ahead and talk about myself because we're not going to have to talk about anybody else. But when Renee and I were at the beautiful University of Cal State Long Beach, what a wonderful opportunity. This should tell you something. She got a full ride scholarship and my parents paid for me. Thank you, Jesus, right? But just kind of like setting, setting the whole story up, you know. So full ride scholarship is sitting behind me in this class and our parents got us these cute little portable um, laptop computers way back when and it had this little power bar on the back. And the, the teacher is, or the professor is lecturing and it's, you know, whatever. Full ride scholarship behind me is taking vigorous notes and really paying attention. And what am I doing? I've got my laptop computer up and I'm learning how to make things on the Food Network. I mean, I was like, I was so engrossed in like, you know, what these chefs were doing and their secrets and whatever. And boy, was I shocked when the professor at the end of the class said, okay, everyone, you can pass up your reports. 
and Full Ride Sisters <laughs> giggling behind me because she already knows, you know, homegirl's up in front of me watching Food Network, so you know she missed the assignment. So I'm passing my sister's paper forward, and she goes, well, you should probably pay attention in class. See, my sister is such a good student, but she's a good student on her own. She's not going to be like, yo, by the way, we have a pop quiz tomorrow. That happened too. Because then I was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. Well, then I get back to my Food Network regime, learning how to make all the things. And then the teacher hands out a pop quiz. And the teacher is like, oh, by the way, remember that pop quiz I promised you guys? And I look back at my sister, and she's laughing again. <laughs> right? Was I honoring God? No. And it's funny to joke about and whatever, but look at, there's, there's young people in other countries that would kill for the opportunity to sit in that same lecture hall with that same professor and be taught, and they'd be soaking it up, and they'd be drinking in every single word like a sponge, so grateful, hanging on to every single opportunity, and here I was watching Food Network. But that's kind of what these little things we can stumble into where we tell ourselves it's okay and we're only giving, you know, kind of half doing it, whatever. And it's like, no, we're better than that. And you know what? I didn't do as well in that class as I could have because in that season, for me, I was more interested in what was on Food Network. Did that serve me? No. So... That's just wanted to tell on myself there for a minute. But yeah, so it's again, we get comfortable. We can get really, really comfortable where we're at, and we, we kind of forget about or pass over the fact that this is an opportunity. Other people would kill to sit where I'm sitting right now, and am I really giving it 150%? Here's the deal. Legacy doesn't come from people that watch Food Network in their lecture hall. Nobody's going to be talking about that person. Legacy comes from those that broke glass ceilings, that looked impossibility in the face and told it to take a hike. Legacy comes from trailblazers that aren't waiting for permission to live out their unique calling and purpose, that aren't afraid to try. Legacy is the product of people that are comfortable with being uncomfortable, that work to overcome challenges and growing pains. Friends, we weren't created to rest. We were created to run. I believe it is God's perfect will that all of us leave a legacy, that when we are gone, we will leave a mark on this earth and inspire those still that come after us for generations and generations and generations to come. Kobe's passing caused everyone to stop and take inventory of their own life. We really stopped and reevaluated what's important, and we should. Take inventory of your life. Sit down and think about what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong, what you're doing great at and what you need to work on, What's the game plan five years from now or 10 if you're given that much more time? Are you working towards your purpose? Are you going to leave a legacy? We should all strive 
to live in such a way that we make an impact and that we leave a legacy. There's a song called Legacy by a Christian singer, Nicole Nordman, and I just want to read the lyrics to you, just a few of them. It says, I want to leave a legacy. How will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace who bless your name unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 11, I'm going to read the New International Version. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in his Sorry, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Again, did we forget where God brought us from? God died so that we might live. God rescued us from our sinful nature so that we might live, so that we might go do something. So verse 10 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I listened to... This man, his name is Ed Milet, and he's popular in kind of the motivational speaking space, but he's a Christian. And he says that his vision and idea of heaven is that when he gets to heaven, God is going to introduce us to who we were supposed to be. And he said, my vision of heaven and heaven for me will be when God introduces me to the man I was supposed to be, and he's my identical twin. That, for me, will be heaven. He said hell is the exact opposite of that. God calls over the me I was supposed to be, and when I introduce myself to him, I, we don't even recognize each other. We don't even look like the same person. We don't talk like the same person. We didn't go after the same things. Isn't that powerful? And I just want to leave that with you today. So heaven is meeting the man we're supposed to have been, supposed to have become, and fully becoming that before we breathed our last breath. And hell is just the opposite. We meet the man we were supposed to be, and it's a complete stranger. Would you stand with me this morning? And would, would you, everybody just close your eyes for a moment?
There's a legacy intended for each of your lives. Each of you were created to be a legend because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Anything, anything is possible. Anything in your life is possible because we serve a God, the creator of all that makes the impossible things possible. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.